0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: What's so up, guys? This has been a day. We are the multi ganders back with Outlaws and Gunslingers, but a little bit different than uh, what we usually are doing. This one's going to be the same time frame. Every once in a while, we like to show you what else is going on in the old country at the same time as all this lawlessness happening to the fucking Wild West shit. Ooh,
2: lawlessness. We're at the same time, we mean between 1850 and 1920.
1: Right. So the Wild West. Lawlessness. Lawlessness. With that being said, H.H. Holmes.
2: Everybody knows H.H. Holmes. Everybody
1: knows H.H. Holmes, widely regarded as the first, well, America's first serial killer. This guy was fucking sadistic.
2: Crazy dude. Well, there's a lot of speculation.
1: Well, we're going to dive into that speculation right away with Herman Webster Mudgett, better known by the name of Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, or more commonly, H.H. Holmes. Mudgett was a prolific serial killer who operated in the 19th century, said to have killed as many as 200 people. He would eventually confess to only 28, but only 9, actually, could be confirmed. If that uh, wasn't enough, he was also a con artist, of course, a bigamist, and the subject of more than 50 lawsuits in Chicago alone.
2: In Chicago alone, well, Mudgett was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, on the 16th of May in 1861, to Levi Horton Mudgett and. Theodate Page Price. Kind Fuck of her name he is Theodate. Theodate. Theodate? Theodate. Both of whom so wait,
1: wait. Which one's which
2: one's the chick? Well, usually the men are named first, so
1: I would assume, right?
2: <sighs> and Paige is a woman's name, so. And plus Mudget is the guy's name and he took his dad's name, so Theodate? Uh, both of whom were descended from the early English settlers, just like everybody else in 1861. One of five children, his father was a farmer who sometimes worked as a trader and a house painter. His parents were devout churchgoers. Young Herman was said to have shown a high intelligence at an early age and excelled at school. However, however, he was bullied by his peers and there were signs of what was to come practicing surgery on animals, and cruelty towards smaller children. Some accounts indicate that he may have been responsible for the death of a dear friend.
1: Isn't that how it always goes? Right. Fuck with the animals. Uh, Highly intelligent.
2: You ever watch that movie, They Call Me Dahmer or whatever? My Name's Dahmer or some shit? No. It just came out like two years ago? You should watch it.
1: Is it about Jeffrey Dahmer?
2: Oh, yeah, when he was a child. Yeah, he
1: like mutilates a cat and fucking all that shit. Yeah, they say one of the first signs of fucking serial killers always are, when they were young, they fucking have a fetish with yeah. killing animals.
2: It's a good movie, man. I think it's called My Name's Dahmer, or My Friend Dahmer, or something like that.
1: I think it might be My Friend. I think i heard of it. Pretty good. But at the age of 16, Holmes graduated from high school and took a teaching job in Gilmanton, and later in nearby Alton, on July 4th. Hey, speaking of July 4th, hey, you fucking motherfuckers, uh... Happy birthday, America! America! Fuck all you bitches. Oh, fuck America on fucking Twitter. Fuck you, punk-ass bitches. All
2: countries matter. Not today. Not
1: today, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Especially not Britain. On July 4th, 1878, he married Clara Lovering. Is it
2: Lovering or Lovering?
1: Lovering. Lovering? Lovering. Lovering. The daughter of a well-to-do family. What's a well-to-do
2: family? They like to do well?
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah. We like to do well, but it ain't going in our favor so far. But they helped pay for his education. The couple would have a son in 1880.
2: Oh, that's nice. 1879, though, at the age of 18, he enrolled at the University of Vermont in Burlington, but left only after a year. Two years later, in 1882, he entered the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery and graduated in June of 1884. During his schooling, he worked in an uh, anatomy lab under the chief anatomy instructor. I would, I
1: would assume so. Uh,
2: at some point, though, he also apprenticed under Dr. Nehum White, a noted advocate of human dissection in New Hampshire. So he liked fucking...
1: He liked dissecting. So
2: he could have been like a morgue guy. What do you call him? Corners? Not corners. The fucking
1: coroner's report. Usually they do ops- autopsies and shit.
2: Okay. Well, anyway, uh, it was there that he discovered a passion for dissecting <laughs> cadavers. <laughs> of
1: course he did. Well, it was during this time that Mudget began a life of various frauds and scams. As a medical student, he stole corpses, burned or disfigured them, and mm. then planted the bodies, making it look like if they had been, as if they had been killed in an accident. Oh, no. What? In the meantime, he took out insurance policies. Uh, okay. Took out insurance policies on them and collected the money once the bodies were discovered.
2: Wow. Like
1: where did he get these b-
2: right, things and- that
1: they didn't know they were already dead first of all? Right. And
2: how did he get insurance policies on them?
1: Hmm. Well, forged it that their shit went to him or I don't know. He was also known to have profited by stealing and selling cadavers and skeletons. Mm. Known to have developed a passion quote unquote for dissecting corpses. He was, he was thought to have used the bodies for experiments as well.
2: I mean, he was just—he he, was—he was curious, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, crazy. Well, at that very same time, housemates described Mudget as treating Claire violently. Violent. He was a violent, violent man. I remember in 1884, before his graduation, uh, she and their the son out of moved back to New Hampshire. And she never saw him again. Well, good for her because wow. uh,
1: she escaped likely murder. Right.
2: Claire was like, "Fucking out, we're taking take my son out." Well, he then moved to Moores Forks, New York. Is it Moors? Moors? Moors Forks? Moors Forks? Moors Forks, Moor's Forks New York, where he where a wuma room, a wuma a, 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 <laughs> a, a spread where a spread that muds it <laughs> where a rumor spread that much and. Had been seen with a little boy who later disappeared. Herman claimed that the boy went back to his home in Massachusetts. No investigation took place, and Mudgett quickly left town. He said, "Fuck you, bye." You're like, did you see this baby? Like, no, nah, man. You went home to Massachusetts. <laughs> all right, all right. Case closed. <laughs> yeah, well, he was
1: next, living in Philly. Where he got a job as a keeper at Norristown State Hospital, but he quit after a few days. Mm. He then went to work in a drugstore in Philly, but while he was working there, a boy died after taking medicine that was purchased at the store. Mm. Holmes denied any involvement in the child's death and immediately left the city. Oh, jeez. What the fuck?
2: Wow, this guy. Look at this guy. Who's this murder? Well, this is Belknap murder Holmes. Belknap Holmes. All right. Uh, uh, we're about to find out. Well, in 1886, though he wasn't divorced from Clara, Mudgett married a woman named Myrta Belknap, Belknap in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
1: And then they burned a fucking bunch of buildings in an ozone. Right. Fucking ridiculous.
2: Um, and the couple would eventually have a daughter. He filed for a divorce. Why aren't they naming these kids? Right, he filed for a divorce from Clara a few weeks after marrying Merida, allegedly alleging infidelity on her part. But the claims could not be proven, and the suit went nowhere. So basically, he wasn't married to old Merida, but she still took his last name or his fake last name. That's cool.
1: Well, yeah, he was technically married. To in a, a different state?
2: I guess. Surviving paperwork indicated that she was probably never even informed of the suit, and the divorce was never even finalized. Oh,
1: shit. Also in 1886, Mudgett changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes. Nice. So there we go. Um, probably to hide from the insurance scams that would later be discovered. Right. He and his wife, Myrda, then moved to Illinois, where they, vis- where they lived in Wilmette. However, Holmes spent most of his time in Chicago. There, he went to work at Holton's Drug Store at the southwest corner of South Wallace Avenue and West 63rd in Englewood. Hmm.
2: There's
1: an Englewood in Chicago? Didn't know that. I guess so. Um, is it Englewood? Because the other Engle- Englewood yeah. in California is. Englewood.
2: I Englewood is it Englewood.
1: Englewood. Doctor Edward Holton was a fellow Michigan alumnus, only a few years older than Holmes. Holmes pr- proved himself to be a hard-working employee and eventually bought the store. Nice. But look at him getting his shit on track, right?
0: All
2: right for now. Well, he he then purchased an empty lot across from the drugstore where construction began in 1887 for a two-story mixed-use building. Uh
0: Uh-oh. He had
2: apartments on the second floor and retail spaces, including a new drugstore on the very first floor. Uh Uh-oh. When Holmes declined to pay the contractors, they sued in 1888. However, However, construction continued, during which time Holmes hired and fired several construction crews for two reasons. One, So that no one would have a clear idea of what he was doing, and dos, so he could calm so he could claim bad workmanship and refuse to pay for services. Mm. Very smart. Later, later (laughs) though, the police would determine that he never paid a cent for any of the materials that went to the building. The neighborhood folks soon dubbed the building the Castle.
1: Look at this guy. Fucking right. After construction was complete in 1891, Holmes placed ads in newspapers offering, offering jobs for young women and advertised the castle as a place of lodging. He also placed ads presenting himself as a wealthy man looking for a wife. I'm just a wealthy man looking for a wife. Really? Living in this castle. Hmm. Of all Holmes' employees, some hotel guests' fiancés and wives were required to have life insurance policies with Holmes or one of his aliases being the beneficiary. Wow. People started to disappear.
2: Mm, that's a little funky right there. I'll be like, mm, I got to have a life insurance policy. It's and just you're a...
1: the beneficiary? For just... what? I don't right. even know you, dude. All right.
2: <laughs> well, by this time, Holmes was not being faithful to his second oh, wife. Quote. Oh, really? Wife. Quote, unquote. Uh, Milta began to have an uh, affair. At, oh, damn. She, had been, she, she was like, fuck, man. Hey, baby. She began to have an affair with a woman named Julia Murda. He did. Oh, okay, hold on here. Yeah. Holmes was not being faithful to his second wife, Melta, and he, he began having an affair with a woman named Julia Smythe. He <laughs> began
1: to have an affair with name Julia. Julia <laughs>
2: Smythe Connor. Mm. Uh, she was the wife of Alex Connor, who had moved into Holmes's building and began working as a bookkeeper at his pharmacy's jewelry counter. Man, that's just fucked up, man. Jeez. After Connor, how many times they had dinner together and shit like that? After Connor found out about Julia's affair with Holmes, he quit his job and moved away, leaving Julia and her daughter Pearl behind. Julia and Pearl remained at the hotel, and she continued her relationship with Holmes. Well, clearly she was, uh right? She like
1: fucking that. invested in it too, because had to have been. She, unless she was mentally abused.
2: And- right. Well, around Christmas of eighteen ninety-one, oh, no. Julia and Pearl disappeared. They're most likely his first known moitas. Holmes would later claim that Julia had died during an abortion, though that truly happened to the two was never confirmed. So he claimed that she died during an abortion, but there's no records of anything. Or whatever. Just because he's a doctor, he's like, okay, dig a hole. He can do that well, like, without he... reporting death.
1: He later claimed that well, not only that, I don't think there's ever a body or burial or anything fucking in the beginning. So why would he claim that? And then there would you would think somebody would like, well, where are they buried? Right. <laughs> where where are these two people? And what about the daughter? Right. Uh, in 1892, Holmes added a third floor to his building, telling investors and suppliers they intended to use it as a hotel during the upcoming World's Columbian Exposition. Yeah. Though the hotel portion was never completed. Furniture suppliers found that Holmes was hiding their materials for which he had never paid in hidden rooms and passages throughout the building. Mm. Their search made the news and investors for the planned hotel pulled out of the deal. Damn,
2: well, made 1892, another girl named Emeline Sigrande began working in the building and she disappeared in December. You think, I mean, all this shit's going on. This guy still is like sitting out front of his fucking store every day and... Oh, no. and fucking hey, her. Mr. Holmes. They're,
1: <laughs> They're like, hey, Triple H.
2: <laughs> like, we've noticed we've a lot of people come missing in your building.
1: The, a lot of people go in, but they never go out. What's, no. what's up with that, man? I don't know. There's, There's a lot abortions. of <laughs> <laughs> abortions. <laughs> Them damn abortions. Damn abortions.
2: <laughs>
1: They're like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: what was that up there again? I missed a fair sentence. <laughs> Uh began working disappeared in December. This was Emeline Segrande, another neighborhood girl by the name of Edna Van Tessel, also vanished, quote-unquote, unquote, unquote, at about the same time, and was thought to have been another potential victim of Triple
1: Eight. I, sp- I don't know. I don't think... Crazy. I don't think they were on him at this point. This just is like shit that happened afterwards where they were like, well, now it makes sense. Uh, I guess. So at the moment, he's not necessarily like. Right.
2: They just feel bad for him. The right. poor guy. Everybody
1: comes across come they, they just disappear. They just leave. Well, in the meantime, Holmes made the acquaintance of Benjamin Petezel. When he placed an ad in search of carpenters, Batizel was also a petty criminal and an alcoholic. Oh, geez. Well, despite his issues, the two became close friends, and Batizel would likely become Holmes's right-hand man, or would quickly become Holmes' right-hand man for several criminal schemes. Of
2: course. Well, in early 1893 one-time actress named Minnie Williams moved to Chicago, and Holmes offered her a job at the hotel as his personal secretary. We all know what that means. Williams owned some property in Fort Worth, Texas that Holmes convinced her to sign over to him. Damn, this guy's, like,
1: persuasive.
2: Holmes later transferred the deed to Peitzel. Uh, In May of 1893, Holmes and Williams presented themselves as man and wife. They rented an apartment in Chicago's Lincoln Park. Minnie's sister, Nanny, uh, came to visit, and in July she wrote to her aunt that she planned to accompany Brother Harry to Europe. Neither Minnie nor Nanny were seen alive after July 5th, 1893.
1: What's this dude's obsession with fucking uh, right. around the 4th of July?
2: Oh, wow, that's true. They should be called the 4th of July killer. In
1: 1893, Chicago was given the honor of hosting the World's Fair, a cultural and social event to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Columbus's discovery of America. Mm.
0: 18
1: plus. He didn't discover America. He, he stole of- the land from the, mm-hmm.
2: India, this <laughs> <laughs>
1: the event was scheduled from May to October and attracted thousands of people from all over the world. During this time, Holmes opened up his home as a hotel for visitors. Mm. Some would never be seen again.
2: Damn, it's fucking crazy, man. I mean, it's just ridiculous. That's the picture of the World Fair. Yeah, nice. Uh, to best take advantage of Chicago's influx of tourists. Holmes advertised in the newspaper. In these ads, he called it the castle, which was only a few miles away from the fairground, the World's Fair Hotel. Holmes not only ensnared soon-to-be victims by newspaper ads, but he also attended the fair in the company of Peitzel Children. Of the Peitzel Children. There... The impeccably dressed doctor would turn on the charm, luring wealthy women to his castle with the promise of a good night's rest. Oh, they'll have a good night's rest, all right, for the rest <laughs> of their fucking life. You have a good. <laughs> you have. What's it good... with being a charmer, man? Oh, Ted Bundy. And they all are, man. That's how they lure them. John Wayne Gay. No, John Wayne Gacy, which is a fucking He's fruitcake. Just...
1: He was just a clown, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually from out of town and unnoticed in the huge fair crowds, they were impossible to trace once they vanished into the castle's dark recesses. The list of the missing, quote-unquote, when the fair closed was a long one and for most foul play was suspected. How many of them fell prey to homes is a mystery, but no fewer than 50 people who were reported to the police as missing were traced to the castle where their
2: trails ended. Right there. I mean, it's fucking nuts. Well, no evidence, no anything, you just gotta fucking move on Move on On the 13th of August in 1893, the third floor of Holmes' building caught fire Luckily, only a few people were in the building All employees and long-term residents were able to get out Miss Guzzi, Miss Holmes had taken out insurance policies on the building, of course he did With at least four companies, all of which promptly sued <laughs> rather than pay
1: Like, I heard about you, dude
2: They're Like, oh, wait a minute here, oh, hell no he didn't think of that. He's like, oh, fuck. Well,
1: insurance companies uh, were pressing to prosecute Holmes for arson. Holmes Why? left Chicago in July of 1894. <laughs> <But> July again. <laughs> what the oh, fuck is up with this guy? Goodness. He reappeared in Fort Worth looking to build on the property that Minnie Williams had transferred to fucking s- Pitezies. That same month, however, he was arrested and briefly incarcerated for the first time on the charge of selling mortgaged goods in St. Louis, Missouri.
2: Selling mortgaged goods. Okay. Well, he was in jail. He struck, a, he struck up a conversation with a convicted outlaw named Marianne Hedgepeth, who was serving a 25-year sentence. Holmes had concocted a plan to swindle an insurance company out of $10,000 hairs by taking out a policy on himself and then faking his own death. Huh. Holmes promised Hedgepeth a $500 commission in exchange for the name of a lawyer who could be trusted. Give the name of Jep the Howe. Shortly. Mm. Given the name of Jep the Howe, Holmes began planning his own death after he was released on bail. However, However the plan failed when the insurance company became suspicious and refused to pay. Mm. Holmes did not press the claim. Obviously, you he wouldn't. He wouldn't well, fuck. Instead, he concocted a similar plan with his friend, Benjamin Pizza. Oh, jeez. He like, I
1: didn't work. It might work with you. Well, Petezil. Petezil. Whatever this guy's name is, Patzel, Patezel, Patiesel, agreed to fake his own death so that his wife could collect on a ten thousand dollar life insurance policy, which was to be split with Holmes and attorney Jeff the Howell. The scheme, it's not even worth it, which was to take place in Philadelphia, it's called three for grand It's Three grand a piece. Yeah, but it's eighteen, nine, eighty something. It's a lot of money. Yeah, now you're dead for three grand. Well, well, that name is dead. Right. And it wasn't even his name anyway. Right. Uh, it called for Patezzo to set himself up as an inventor under the name B.F. Perry and then be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion. Mm. Holmes was to find an appropriate cadaver to play the road of Patezzo.
2: Okay. Oh, poor little Benjamin. All right, he had no clue what the fuck was going mm. on. Instead, Holmes killed Patezzo <laughs> by <laughs> knocking him unconscious with chloroform and setting his body on fire. Jeez, Damn, that's not how it's supposed to go. Holmes proceeded to so collect... He still got burned alive. All right.
1: Even though he's unconscious. You think he woke up?
2: I'm sure. Being yeah. burned? I, I'm sure, man. Holmes proceeds to collect insurance payout on the basis of the genuine Peitzel corpse. He then went on to manipulate Peitzel's unsuspecting wife into allowing three of her five children to be in his custody. Oh, oh my, my, my. This guy. He's like a freaking. It's amazing. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the eldest daughter and the baby remained with Mrs. Peitzel. While Holmes and the three Peitzel children traveled throughout the northern United States and into Canada, simultaneously he escorted Mrs. Peitzel along a parallel route, all the while using various aliases and lying to Mrs. Peitzel concerning her husband's death, claiming that her husband was in London. Oh. Okay.
1: Well, Holmes would later confess to murdering two of the children by forcing them to a large trunk, (sighs) drilling a hole in the trunk, and attaching a gas line to asphyxiate the girls. Mm. Holmes buried their nude bodies in the cellar of his rental house in Toronto. Frank Geyer, a Philadelphia detective tracking Holmes, found the decomposed bodies of the two Patizo girls in the Toronto basement.
2: (laughs) Well, Geyer then followed Holmes to Indianapolis, where Holmes had a rented a college. (laughs) (laughs) Like a rented out a whole college. (laughs) How how much for that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, it's a college. I want it, damn it. I'll take it.
2: (laughs) Geyer then followed Holmes to Indianapolis, where Holmes had rented a cottage. Nah. Holmes was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase the drugs, which he used to kill the third Pite-Soul child, <laughs> and repair shop to sharpen the knives he used to chop up the body before he burned it. Please. The boy's teeth and bits of bone were discovered in the Holmes chimney. On the 17th of January, 1894, Holmes married for a third time to a woman named Georgiana Yoke. In Denver, Colorado, Yogan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's on. Twenty seventh
1: of January, eighteen ninety-four.
2: Seventeenth of January. On the seventeenth of January, eighteen ninety-four, Holmes married for a third time to a woman named Georgiana Yoke in Denver, Colorado. He was still legally married to both Clara and Miata Jeez, Damn, this guy.
1: Well, also in the meantime, Marion Hedgepath, who was angry that he did not receive any money in the fake death scam, told police about the fraud that Holmes had planned. Right. Afterwards, the authorities doubled their efforts to find the elusive killer. Holmes' murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts on November 17, 1894 after being tracked there from Philly by the Pinkertons.
2: Oh, you can't get away from Pinkertons. can't get
1: away from them motherfuckers. He was held on an outstanding warrant for the horse theft in Texas as the authorities had become more suspicious at this point and Holmes appeared poised to flee the country in the company of his unsuspecting third
2: wife. Third wife. wife. Well, during during his time in custody, Holmes initially claimed to be noting to be nothing but an insurance fraudster, admitting to using cadavers to defraud life insurance companies several times in college. Several times. He's like, they're already fucking dead, man. You can get me for insurance fraud. That's fine. But, however... However, over time, his stories changed. Once admitted to killing 28 people, other estimates range from 20 to as many as 200 victims. While he was incarcerated, Holmes was paid $7,500, worth about $216,000 today, by the Hearst newspapers in exchange for his confession. Why would you pay him? That's just stupidity. Uh, much of which was found to be lies. <laughs> Holmes gave various contradictory Uh, accounts of his life initially claiming innocence and later that he was possessed by Satan himself his many lies made it difficult for investigators to determine the truth I mean what can you do right no evidence
1: no evidence yet with Holmes behind bars Chicago police begin to investigate Holmes's building ground floor of the building was divided into ordinary retail spaces including a jewelry store pharmacy blacksmith barber and a restaurant Damn, the third that? floor consisted of apartments offices and homes as living quarters but on the second floor and basement they discovered an elaborate house of horrors
2: Ooh no the second floor was a maze of some 35 small windowless rooms stairs 35 holy fuck, that's f- crazy stairs and doors that led nowhere False partitions, trap doors, secret passageways, and a staircase that opened out over a steep drop to the alley behind the house. There were also trap doors and dumb waiters. <laughs> 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 they enabled them to move the bodies down Ooh, to the basement. stupid waiters <laughs> keep giving getting the tables wrong. <laughs> dumb waiters. <laughs> Some rooms were soundproof and had peepholes, enabling homes to monitor their t- interiors. Others were connected to a gas line that where victims could be asfisciated. 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 asphyxiated. Officiated. efficiated, efficiated, Asphyxiated. Asphyxiated.
1: The basement held a crematorium, a blood-splattered dissection table, vats of acid, surgical implements, various jars of poison, pits of quicklime, and torture devices attached to the walls. Holmes is thought to have stripped many of the bodies down to their skeletons in order to sell them for medical study. So
2: it's the modern-day Planned Parenthood.
1: Well, he's not performing abortions Basically He's providing skeletons to like colleges and shit
2: Exactly Not only did they find the equipment to produce evil But they also found large quantities of human bones Tufts of hair Bloodstained linen And pieces of clothing that appeared to have been hastily concealed Portions of bodies were so badly dismembered and decomposed that It was hard for them to even determine exactly how many bodies there really were Crazy. Little
1: picture of the crematorium there.
2: Little infirmatory?
1: Crematorium. Same thing. Well, after a trial in which he acted as his own attorney, Holmes was sentenced to death for the murder of Benjamin Patezel in 1895. Holmes appealed his case but lost. Though Canada and Illinois both tried to extradite Holmes from Pennsylvania, he was executed. Mm. He met his end on May 7, 1896 when he was hanged for the Patezel murder in Philadelphia. Until the moment of his death, Holmes remained calm and amiable, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. Mm. During the hang-in, Holmes neck did not snap. He instead was strangled to death slowly, twitching oh. for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had been sprung. Wow. Damn, now Damn, I'll talk about suffering.
2: Fucking suffered. Good. Well, Holmes asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried ten feet deep because he was concerned grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissection. Not everybody's like you, Bud. Holmes' life as one of uh, Holmes' life as one of America's first serial killers has been the subject of many books, documentaries, and future films.
1: Yes, the castle itself was mysteriously gutted by fire in August of 1895. According to a newspaper clipping from the New York Times, two men were seen entering the back of the building between 8 and 9 p.m. About a half hour later, they ran the fuck away and the bitch went kaboom and the castle went up in flames. Afterwards, investigator found a half-empty gas can underneath the back steps of the building. The building survived the fire and remained in use until it was torn down in 1938. The site is currently occupied by the Englewood branch of the United States Postal Service. Damn. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, put a post service right fucking there. Post office right fucking there. It's crazy. Well, in 2017, amid allegations that Holmes had, in fact, escaped execution... Of course. Holmes' body was exhumed for testing due to his coffin being contained in cement. His body was found not to have decomposed normally. His clothes were almost perfectly preserved, and his mustache was found to be intact.
1: Isn't that like, uh... Wasn't it a wild bill where they fucking dug up and his shit was like 700 pounds?
2: Might have been. Yeah. And it was
1: like perfectly preserved.
2: Right. Well, the body was positively identified as being that of Holmes with his teeth. Holmes was then reburied.
1: Holmes was then reburied, guys. Day after uh, Triple H was hanged, a newspaper clip and says, H.H. H. Holmes, alias Mudgett, the arch criminal of modern history who was hanged yesterday. Mm. Well, that guy. I, I mean, I'm sure the way he looked, I'm sure uh, a lot player. of a lot of bitches were like, mm, "This guy is handsome, right? Handsome little fellow, charming." Yeah, guys, that was kind of like a quick one for us. It was great, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, 35 minutes, not bad, not bad at all. But yeah, that's. Uh,
2: H. H. Holmes, he's like the uh, Jack the Ripper, but except for Jack well, the Ripper, he's a uh, horse.
1: And we know who. Well, we don't. Know H. H. Holmes is right. <laughs> so right. Yeah, it's just a nice—a little alternate timeline of uh, what's going on in the in the world at this moment during the Wild West, during fucking outlaws and gunslingers, all that shit.
2: So, even though they do say Jack Ripper is actually from like Massachusetts or something, I think it was.
1: No, they say that he came to America, and there's supposedly a Ripper. After he stopped doing it in London, right. shit started happening in America right. and in Massachusetts and shit. Right. So. Who knows? Either or. Nobody knows about him, but yeah. H.H. H. Holmes, worlds... Well, worlds... Not the worlds, but the United States is a first official serial killer. Well, I'm
2: sure there's plenty, many, many, many more, but we... This is the one that's been fucking...
1: That's his infamy fucking... Uh, that's what he's known for. Everybody's heard of H.H. H. Holmes. you guys want to hear more about this story, go to LegendsOfAmerica.com. You can also go to Wikipedia. You can go to a number of fucking things. There's movies. There's a bunch of shit. There's drawings of... Uh, what his house looked like, but well, yeah, another perspective of elsewhere, elsewhere in United States as uh lawless shit is happening out in the West. So, from time to time, we'll do more episodes like this, but expect next week to be another fucking uh, I don't know. After that Wyatt Earp fucking part, we have to do almost got to do like a, a town, a city, something, right? Yeah. So yeah, look forward to that com Monday night, watch along the bang and dang debate, the da bang and dang debate, the da bang
2: and dang da debate, da
1: classic rock history. Plus, uh, I want to ride. This hasn't been released yet, but you guys will hear it soon. The uh, this year in Michigan sports, Lee and Corey, oh, I've heard about that. <laughs> Lee and Corey are always going to be back with fucking some something. other shit, something crazy. You know, check out guys. all of those. com once again. Happy Fourth of July, you motherfuckers. We are the Mouth of Michiganders with
2: Bang Dang!